Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co host, Miss Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and possibly Conjurman Ali of theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will possibly be joined by a special guest, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com from Omaha, Nebraska, bringing us today's topic of how and when to substitute herbs. They will take your calls and offer advice, address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we're going to catch up with our co-host, Miss Cat, and hopefully Conjure Man Ali. How are you doing today, Miss Cat? Oh, today is exciting. <laughs> it is exciting, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like I feel like Lee Laurie's statue of Atlas in New York City <laughs> holding up the armillary sphere of all the planets and all the signs of the zodiac while totally naked with nothing but a sort of a <laughs> scarf draped between my legs. <laughs> all right. All right. Um well, I'm I'm going to this is officially known as the Papa Stapa show. Now, all you people from old-time days will know who I mean by Papa Stapa. Um, Papa Stapa was the name of a DJ out of New Orleans, and um, the Papa Stapa show. And it was an interesting show because um, Papa Stapa is an old black um, slang term for a condom, a Papa Stapa. And um, back in the days of racial segregation, a radio station in New Orleans wanted to run some, you know, black, rhythm and blues type music, but they couldn't bring themselves to put a black DJ on. So they found a light-skinned Creole man who um, taught white DJs how to speak black slang. And over the years, there was a number of um, white DJs who were known as Papa Stapa. And it was a real popular name. I think there's probably still people on the air somewhere called Papa Stapa. Anyway, today is the Papa Stapa show because... Our guest was supposed to be Papa Newt, and Papa Newt has run into some ragged ends of the universe out there in frickin' Omaha. Um, He has um, nails in his tires of his um, vehicle. 
he is uh, got towed somewhere. God only oh, knows. Dear. They told him they wouldn't do anything. They, he needed new struts for a thousand dollars. They're nails in his tires, but no, they need to give him new struts for a thousand dollars. He's being towed somewhere else. Um, I told him, don't fret, don't sweat. Call us if you can, and he will. If he can, if he never shows up, uh, this was supposed to be Papa Newt, but it's the Papa Stopper show. So then I connected up with my dear friend Papa G. Papa G is um, out there in um, Nashville and um, uh, running Aroma Gregory at his Botanica, and he's a soap maker, as you all know. He has a wonderful book on how to make handmade magical soaps and things. And um, and he also makes oils. He's a great guy. He's been on our show. I think he was on just last week. So I said, well, why don't we make it the Papa Swappa show? And we're going <laughs> to sw- <laughs> swap swap Papa G in for Papa Newt. But no, Papa G said he would just love to, but uh, he has 450 pounds of rapidly hardening soap to deal with because he oh makes dear. soap in huge <laughs> batches. And he's got to have all that soap wire cut up, you know, cut for the bars before it hardens too hard. If you ever made soap, you know what I'm talking about. So it cannot be the Papa Swappa show. So um, here we are, uh, me and um, Kondra and Ali. And, um, and so it's the... Um, it's what it is. We got the we got the but the show actually this is the great part about it. The show was about swapping herbs. It's the herb swap <laughs> yeah, show. <right. laughs> and um so yeah, something about the substitution. Um so uh, you know, I'm going to just uh, we'll get to it in a moment, but I just wanted to let y'all know this is one of those strange days. And um so Things here at uh, in Sonoma County and Forestville at the Lucky Mojo, we are gradually um, opening up. I think I mentioned last week we have a new employee, Sunny, um, which has really been helpful to us, and um, to have somebody else on staff. Um, uh, today, I think um, Jenna is running the entire shop by herself. Hello, Jenna, if you're listening. Um, uh, we couldn't do it without you. There would be zero people in the shop today if it were not for Jenna. And um, uh, we've been so swamped in here, I haven't even been able to talk to her on the phone, just waving through the ether across the courtyard. Um, and we have so many orders coming in now. This is like the little pot that just wouldn't stop boiling oatmeal. Um, we're we're in a fix. We have so many orders. I love being popular. It's great. I'm feeling guilty as hell. People are just sending their money hand over fist. And um, we can't make products fast enough to keep everyone um, uh, going. So, um, And I heard from Papa G. He's having some of the same problems. That's why he's out there cutting up 450 pounds of soap. You don't do that just on a whim. You know, you do that because you have to. (laughs) So um, that's where we're at. Um, Conjurman Ali... um, I, I, you, you just got in at the last minute. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I got in right as the music was just starting. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, it's been a very uh, busy and hectic week, and uh, lots of kind of going on uh, nationally. Uh, I joined the uh, the protest uh, yesterday and the day before oh. in L.A. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's been. It's been a it's been it's been an interesting week, so I just want to highlight that as you know, the, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Workout acts as a sort of digital archive 
for future generations mm-hmm. to listen back mm-hmm. and go, ah, that was going on. Um, as we're kind of speaking, um, America is kind of on fire uh, as a result mm-hmm. of, of police brutality and the racism uh, that the black community in particular faces. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter has kind of rekindled their call for for a real conversation to be had, and real change desperately to be had um, around the sort of racist policing that has been in, uh, the other uh, pandemic, if you will, the other epidemic uh, in in the United States. Um, and it's so much so that it's brought people out onto the streets in the middle of a in the middle of a, a pandemic. So. You know, I just wanted to highlight that both as a, as a historical fact, but also as a reminder for a lot of us who practice hoodoo. Um, they, people view hoodoo as a sort of a set of spells, right? Like it's a personal book of shadows. But in reality, it's the spiritual, cultural, and empowering practice of black Americans. And so not being aware of what's going on in the black community and not standing and testifying for that while also claiming to be a practitioner of hoodoo, you're doing something wrong. So I wanted to highlight that, uh, raise my voice a little bit in that regard, uh, and hopefully future generations will look back and go, oh, wow, crazy times, but I'm glad they sorted that out. (laughs) (laughs) You got got some rainbow dreams there. Okay. Um, I I, I would say people are going to look back on it and say, what was that civilization anyway buried yeah, under right. 16 <laughs> feet of dirt? Oh, look, we uncovered one of their mosaic floors. Um, I really don't have – I'm just saying. Um, but thanks for bringing this up because I do want to I do want to talk about it. Um, the unfollowing, unfriending continues apace at Facebook. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. just outrageous. And um, – and I did want to give a little um, mention also to Papa G, who's not here because he's cutting 450 mm-hmm. pounds of soap, and we love him dearly. But I do have his ginger in my hot pepper chai, so we're cool, um, which is brought to us courtesy of Ms. Robin. Um, but uh, Papa G mentioned while we were um, chatting through Messenger uh, prior to him saying he absolutely couldn't make the show um, – he said he had posted a Black Lives Matter support on his mm-hmm. Southern Folklore page. Now, Southern Folklore, you know, Papa G comes out of the Appalachian tradition, and um, and he and his partner Roy, they both work in that tradition, and they run a very eclectic store. And he studied hoodoo with me, and he has, um, you know, fully committed outreach to the black community where he lives. And he is um, mm. really, you know, you, you know, what I would call a, an eclectic, someone who wants to, you know, mix up things in a respectful way uh, so that there are sections of his store that are for the pagans, there are sections that are you know, for different um, uh, paths that are spiritual paths and uh, good for him for doing it. He's got a big store and he's got a lot of room. So he said he'd posted this Black Lives Matter thing on his Southern Folklore uh, page and he said that the replies were horrific to him. People were brooding in with all lives matter and blue lives matter and he said he couldn't believe it. He wasn't expecting it. He was expecting that his students, his friends, his followers, and his customers would be not so bigoted. And I yeah. I wrote back to him and I said, no, this is welcome to the battle. Um, and this yeah. isn't 
my battle alone. But welcome to the welcome to the barricades, buddy, because um, yeah. this is what I've been fighting um, all along with white. Uh, students and customers mm-hmm. and clients, and mm-hmm. no, no mean to offense. Uh, I have a lot right now in the chat room. There's a lot of people I know to be white or Latino um, or Jewish mm-hmm. in in our chat room. No problem, but but they are mm-hmm. probably a little bit more um, alert to the issues here. Yeah, you know? yeah. and um, but still, I have to have. Um, a page on my website called The Excuses in which um, I alert people who want to study with me that they cannot take my course unless they have black friends. And they all get bent out of shape. I mean, not all. The ones who get bent mm-hmm. out of shape get way bent out of shape about it. What is she trying to do? Why do I have to have a black friend? And then I have black friends who say, oh, she's just using us as tokens. No, no, no. I'm trying to make um, a space where everybody can say hello, and it's hard mm-hmm. to maintain that space. I'll take all the yeah. blows and punches directed against me. It's very hard to maintain a space where black people can be heard, can be the um, the central culture bearers, and yet um, have white people want to come there. They just they just don't want to. Now the weird mm-hmm. thing is, if you go to that page called the Excuses. And I give, and I've mentioned this on the show before. There's all kinds of crazy excuses, but the strangest one was the man who said he could not do homework two in the course. Now, the course I teach, homework one, is the folklore of your family. You have to go collect folklore from your family, and homework number two is if your family wasn't African American, you have to make friends with an African American person. Just one, just one person. That's it. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to move to the black part of town. You know, I'm not asking you to march in a civil <laughs> rights demonstration back in 1959. I'm just asking you to um, talk to a black friend about folklore of their family. And this is the homework that so many white people fail. They cannot do homework number two because they have no black friends. And then they give me these excuses. And the weirdest excuse. On that page is a man from Minneapolis. Minneapolis, get it? Minneapolis. Yeah. Who said he cannot do homework number two because no black people live in Minneapolis. Oh, good God. Yeah. Oh, good God. Sadly. Right? So I, I always tell this funny story about how I found out that there were, you know, these soul food restaurants. I looked them up on Google. I triangulated them. I found a psychic reader in between three soul food restaurants, called her up, asked her if she was black, and she said, no, I'm not, but my husband is. Would you like to talk to him? And I said, no, no, I'll just talk to you. You're the psychic reader. And I explained. She said she was Greek. Her mother had moved into the black part of town in the 50s, was a psychic reader, card Greek card reader. They'd lived there since 1951 or 52. This woman was old. She's older than I am now, and this was several years ago. And um, she she said, well, just tell him to come on down. I'll introduce him to my husband. He can ask my husband about folklore. So she told me that the path that he would have to take. I gave her the address. She told me, turn left, go down the hill, go to the um, four-way stop, go to the next one, turn right, cross the railroad tracks, walk 10 blocks, you'll be at my psychic reading shop. I relayed this to him, and the first thing, I, and I said, you turn left when you go out to your apartment. He goes, turn left. And I said, yeah, what the lady said, you're going to turn left and go downhill, and there'll be a red light, and there'll be another red light. And he goes, yeah. I said, then at the second red light, you're going to turn right. And he goes, I can't do that. 
And I said, why not? He goes, well, that's across the railroad tracks. That was mm-hmm. it. That was it. And I've told this story a dozen times. I've I've told it on the air. I, you know, I don't even want to mention this man's name. I mean, it's not his fault. He's just um, ignorant and and um, frightened and and brainwashed. And um, I don't think he intended to be like some sort of horrible neo-Nazi racist. I don't think that was his thing. He just no. Minneapolis doesn't have any black people. But oh my God, if they're across the tracks, oh, that's oops. She found out my secret. There are black people after all. Mm. As uh, E.L. Doctorow said, there were Negroes after all. I love that line from Ragtime. Um, So here we have this riot in Minneapolis, and I'm just like, I'm just sitting here going, holy hell, you know, how, you know, Minneapolis, you know, Jesus, it's um, Minnesota Public Radio, the, the home of fabulous friendship, right? And, um, oh, these nice people, they're not that nice. These nice people are not that fucking nice. So mm-hmm. now now these um, these riots have broken out, and many of the riots, and you know this too, Ollie, many of these riots have been um, infiltrated by outside agitators who are either um, off-duty cops, um, they're dressed all in black. I'm sure you've seen the video of the guy with the umbrella and the hammer breaking oh, yeah. the auto zone windows. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I think that... That black man who was with him was his spotter, actually. I don't think that guy, but that's just, they go off together, you know, at the end of that video. It, I, I believe that guy was an undercover, but that's just my belief. Anyway, it all, the whole thing was so creepy. If you don't know the video I'm talking about, go back in time and find it. AutoZone, smashing hammers. <clears throat> the point is, these riots, these protests have been infiltrated to become police riots. There are there mm-hmm. are pictures of the police, white guys, white athletic men <clears throat> dressed in black uh, to disguise the fact that they're white. They have masks. It's COVID-19. Everyone wears a mask. And they are uh, piling up pallets on top of um, shopping carts to set them on fire. There's pictures of them putting cardboard boxes up to set them on fire. Um, this is this is the American nightmare. We haven't been here in yeah. a long time. And yeah. it has happened before. It will keep on happening. And I want mm-hmm. all of my friends, which by which I mean friends, white, Jewish, Asian, mixed race, black, native, Latino, anybody who is a friend of mine to understand one thing. Please, if you can just do one thing, reach out and help these poor, ignorant white people get over the messages that have been fed to them about mm-hmm. about race. This is, I mean, we've been talking ever since Trump, you know, the birther thing about Obama. The, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The 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 hanging of Obama in effigy. We thought, oh, well, this is just oh, some yeah. sort of fringe. Then Charlottesville. I mean, that lady mm-hmm. got run over and killed. Um, yep. We all have yep. to stand. We all have to stand together. This is just a national nightmare, a national disgrace, and um, I just—I mean, I really can't take it. So I said to Papa G, "Well, you know, expect it. You know, you put up Black Lives Matter on your Southern folklore, and the and the rats came out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The rats came mm-hmm. out to to squeak their little squeak." All lives matter. All lives matter. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. I don't see color. Fuck that. You have mm-hmm. to see what's real. What's real is here, right? 
You know what I'm saying, Ollie. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this it, it's one of those things that where if you haven't been paying attention, and just for the past few years, I mean, from Ferguson to now, uh, where have you been? Yes. How could you possibly look at the scenarios from the from from Trayvon Martin to what's going on at this moment and say I don't see color? That by saying I don't see color, I'm not a bigot. All lives matter. You are part of the problem. You're willingly mm-hmm. choosing to say that in this moment in which a community and a group of people are are desperately saying, hey, we we can't breathe collectively, mm-hmm. nationally. As a community, we can't breathe. And go well. You know what? Other people can't breathe. It's a callous, mm-hmm. racist response. It is, and that's not to say that no other lives matter. There's a really great video of, of a young guy who said, "Look, you love all your children, but when one of your kids is sick, you give that kid the medicine." That's what saying yeah. "Black Lives Matter" means. The recognition that in this country, Black lives have not historically mattered. And we're right. at that moment where, where over and over again people have to say it in order to remind society, hey, we're dying out here on the streets. Yeah, and, so and we're they, just going from we're, we're just going that. from shock to shock. I mean, yep. first we got the you know we got um, Ahmad Aubrey, he's just jogging. They fucking yeah. shoot him Ooh. down like a dog. Then we got this totally nice bespectacled. Uh, <laughs> National Audubon Society guy. <laughs> you know, oh, he's yeah. out bird watching and he says, Put your dog on a leash. We're in the protected zone for the ground birds. We've done some plantings here. And she fucking goes loose cannon on him. And I'm, like, I'm going to call, oh, I'm yeah. going to tell him an African American man is threatening my life. <clears throat> he's lucky he lived. <clears throat> and we're oh, just yeah. reeling from that. And then suddenly, you know, and we have probably the most horrific video. I have not seen it. I won't see it. It's just going to. Um, yeah, you know, it's just too terrible to watch, uh, but it's just a video of a man being slowly murdered right in front of your eyes for eight minutes. You know, great. Yeah. You know, there you go. Um, if that's your, if you want to watch it, watch it. If you can bear it, but it's just, it's, it's horrific. It's heartbreaking. And again, people have broken loose and just said we can't take it anymore. And yet there yeah. are these people co-opting. Now, I'm going to break from this thought because y'all know how Ollie and I feel. You know, yeah. all know how radical left I am, and Ollie's <laughs> what center left? Are you center left, Ollie? No, I'm I'm an unabashed leftist. <laughs> oh, you're leftist. Okay, are you are you on the you know burning on the barricades leftist, or are you just leftist leftist? No, I'm burning on the barricades leftist. Oh I'm good. Old, oh good. <laughs> oh, <through and> through. <laughs> you know, I never thought to ask. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, you know. Um, it's you know when you went out. I there's, I'm out here in the countryside. The best I can do is post on social media. If you can't make it to the barricades, folks, post on social media. Beep up the outcry. Your voice needs to be heard. However, we have a topic today. Yes. And you're going to think this is the craziest segue in the world. Our topic <laughs> is about substituting herbs. Now, Ali, you studied with me, and you know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, there's going to be some big question marks. People right now are going, what does substituting herbs have to do with institutionalized systemic racism? Well, what it has to do is, first of all, we have to talk about hoodoo. Hoodoo is African-American folk magic, folklore, belief, 
sometimes called custom, tradition, superstition, whatever you want to call it, as an anthropological overview. But every form of magic has objects that are used in that magic. That's called the materia magica. The name comes the same derivation as materia medica, which means the things that are used in medicine. And materia magica is just applied to mean roots and herbs and objects such as knives and and coins or whatever you might have that are used in the creation of a spell. Not just tools in the sense, when I said knife, I was thinking more in terms of Wicca, where there's an altar Mm. object that's a knife. Um, So the Materia Magica can um, include anything that's, you know, candles or whatever it may be. But generally speaking, it refers to things of nature in the same way that it does in medicine, refer to natural herbs. Now, if any of you have read uh, my book, Hoodoo Urban Root Magic, you'll remember that I explained that in this book, we're going to follow a much more common way of dealing with the work in the African-American cultural tradition, which is to mingle herbs, roots, seeds, leaves, flowers, Mm -hmm. shells, bones, hair, and uh, minerals of all kinds, including some minerals that have been manufactured into small products of commerce. In Hoodoo, those are all sold in shops that call themselves herb shops or candle shops or incense shops. Uh, Very rarely were such shops called conjure shops in the old days, almost never called a hoodoo shop. That wouldn't do in those days. But these things I put all together in the book because they are used um, in hoodoo as materia magica. Now, I also explained in that book, and also those of you who have taken my course will understand this a little better because I get into much deeper into it in the course, that the use of green herbs is really something that developed in temperate zones to use dried green herbs in medicine and therefore in magic. And so we will see Native American uses of these things, and we will see European uses. I talk about this often on the show, the Mediterranean herbs, the um, Mm -hmm. basil and thyme, all the relatives of the mint family, the um, flowers like um, clover and rose and stuff that are used in, that are flowers that are often used for love, violets, jasmine, things like that. The use of roots is more common in hoodoo than it is in um, European folk magic, and that's why Root work is called root work. And the use of spices is much more common in Middle Eastern folk magic. And uh, there were a lot of spice traders among the Jews and also Arabs. And um, those people introduced spices from what was then called the Orient, which is really the Levant, to uh, Europe. And by the time that Europe um, Peans colonized the USA, what's now the USA, they brought those spices with them. Some of the spices, a few of them, had come from Africa, but more of them came from what was loosely referred to as the Indies. And so these spices um, tend to be swapped out for one another. Herbs tend mm-hmm. to be swapped out for one another. Minerals tend to be swapped out. But it's 
very European, and this goes back to what Papa G was saying, it's very European to want to substitute everything in an African-American recipe for, say, a mojo hand, to want mm-hmm. to swap out everything for a green herb. Um, uh, one, yeah. of the, mm-hmm. one of the hallmarks of European magic is these bouquet, I guess you could call it an aroma bouquet, of green herbs and sometimes flowers. And it's, it's wonderful magic. And it had an influence, of course, on hoodoo. But hoodoo doesn't usually do that kind of um, mixture, except for a few products like 13 or bath or 9 or bath or 7 or bath. But even those mixtures were commercial mixtures and were introduced into hoodoo by herb shop owners, each of whom had their own recipe. There's no one recipe for any of those. And they were introduced after emancipation and even, at, well, I'll go so far as to say, around the time of World War One, when selling herbs by mail order was common and these what were called herbal compounds were being made. So they were introduced into hoodoo. But if you go back to the African roots of hoodoo, you won't find these pre-made mixtures. But those pre-made mixtures draw on a lot of uh, African um, usage, but when you look at them, they're European ideas of what an herb should be. So mm-hmm. you would, might put in seven love herbs or seven money herbs or whatever they might be. And that those kinds of mixtures bear the hallmark of having entered hoodoo through contact with Jewish and Anglo-Saxon people. Um, mm-hmm. They are well done. They're really good. I mean, they're, they're fabulous. And they've been accepted in hoodoo for, um, oh, my gosh, more than well more than 100 years now. Yeah. But the, the people who ask me about substitutions are almost always white, Asian, or Latino. Have, mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying, Ali? This is not a put down. It's not a put no, no. Down. You're 100 percent right, and I'll and I'll tell you what it is. There's two types of substitution. Hoodoo is very practical. It's the it's mm-hmm. the magic of poor poor people. It's the magic of mm-hmm. people of working class people. And so there has always been an element of like if you don't have this thing on hand, here's this other thing you can use. It's the stuff that's right available in the pantry, or the stuff that you can order mail order because mail order goes back many, many decades, more than much longer than people realize. So there's always been substitution, but there's a difference. The people who ask about substitutions are always doing it for symbolic reasons. Oh, I really like it because this one particular herb is my is my herb and I want to include that. Can I replace John the Conqueror with this other leafy thing? Because this with mistletoe, because mistletoe is my spirit plant. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference in the, in the approach to substitution. One is a sort of practical understanding that you're working within a particular uh, body of herb lore and that there are some families that are related to one another. There's a sort of botanical knowledge there. There's mm-hmm. also a spiritual knowledge there, the recognition that, all right, maybe I don't have licorice, but I have calamus. And I know that the two are different and that there's a, there's, the spirit feels different there. 
but there's there's something I can do. There's a sort of substitution that can be made based off of just practical, you know, what I have on hand versus the the sort of substitution that's asked for because it's part of a, a completely different symbolic understanding of herbs. Oh, I need to use mistletoe rather than John McCartney. No, no, no. These two aren't even related. What, what are you doing here? I'll give you a really good example of this. Is uh, So I was at the shop in Southern California once, uh, just picking up some, some, some random stuff, not supplies, but just you know, some candles and looking through. And in a big glass bowl on a table in the shop were these little small bags. They looked like almost like a like doll size, very small, tightly woven, wrapped up in this really tight string. And I picked them up. They smelled like um, candy almost. And I went, well, what are these? And she goes, oh, those are Grigri bags. Those are mojo bags. And I went, mm-hmm. they're, they're what? She goes, oh, yeah, these are mojo bags. You can just kind of pick whichever one you want. You reach in, you swirl your hands around, you pick one up. And go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait, what are they for? What's in them? And she goes, oh, you know, I put my favorite herb inside of it. It's my personal herb spirit. And I go, hold on a minute. What do you mean you put your personal herb spirit into these greenery bags? And then you toss them all into this glass bowl, which people can swirl around and then pick up. And I just, my, I, there was this moment where, like, my heart, it just kind of cringed it's, when I, when I reached it's out. It's cringeworthy, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> hey, hey, Ollie, I'm going to break in here. I was just told Papa Newt is in the house. Oh, Hello. Welcome, Papa Newt. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow, you made it. And I was just oh, explaining about how this was the Papa Stoppa show, but nothing can stop Papa New. <laughs> nothing can stop Papa. I I'm unstoppable. <laughs> well, you you uh, jumped in. We 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 went through our obligatory political rant. Um oh, and we're talking now about substitutions. I've I've given a little bit of of a tongue wagging at the um white um a desire to, you know, put in more herbs than necessary and then to substitute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Ollie was talking about this. Um, somebody else, I, before I bring you in, I want to just answer a question before it scrolls away forever. Um, I think it was Doc Murphy who asked, what about Native American contributions? And I added that um, Native Americans being a temperate um, uh, area, you know, North America being a temperate zone, we had dried herbs, but they used a lot of bark too and mm-hmm. seeds, and um, this entered into general American folk lore, folk medicine, folk magic, um, through medical magical correspondences, but also through intermarriage between black and Native Americans, and also through the general availability of these via herb wholesalers and retailers in the 19th century. So that was added in as well. And the idea that... Um, of swapping herbs, and I just want to quickly get to the premise here. There are several reasons you might swap herbs. One is cost. Something might be very, very expensive and rare and hard for you to get. So you might want to just, as Ali said, this is in some ways the magic of poor people, uh, not the one percenters, you know. And so cost may be a factor. Another one is availability. This was more important during the time of limited transportation where you had to go out in the woods and get what you got or you know, go down to the local herb shop that didn't have everything from all around the world, but they might be able to get some things. 
And so um, availability. And then the other reason for swapping has to do with the doctrine of signatures. What does it look like? What is it, what is it reputed to do? If it um, has a heart shape, can you use it for anything that has to do with the heart or love? Um, if it's a seed, does it make things grow? In other words, the shape and form, the doctrine of signatures. And then the last thing is um, has to do with medical correspondences. And it, I cannot overemphasize how much medical correspondences influenced magical correspondences. For instance, if you have an herb that's used for, um, oh, let's just say for um, for healing um, sore throat, you know, any kind of herb that's good for that. Any other herb good for healing a sore throat might be swapped in it if your job is to make the herb be used for good speech. And you just say, well, this is also used for healing sore throat, therefore I'm going to swap that in. And people are very creative. So one way to make these substitutions is to take the magical use, figure out, is it based on form? Is it based on medical correspondence? Um, What causes it to be what it is? And then Mm. going back to how it got its magical properties, you then see, is there something that can be intelligently swapped for it? Now, I'm going to bring in Papa Newt. Sorry, we had to finish (laughs) that. Here you are. You talk. All right. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's also important uh, to be aware of what you have on hand, too. Now, I, you know, I've been helping a friend, and I won't get into too much details about that, but it is to a point of uh, protection that was needed. And um, so I had to use which, whatever they had in the cupboard. Um, so it was a lot of salt, a lot of their uh, Latin spices, and even... Um, you know, I, I, I used a, a lemon because, of course, I'm in a Latin household. Of course, there's going to be lemon. So mm. uh, cutting across into, into the lemon and just spraying protection and boiling it into the water, adding that to the mop water and mopping down their, their doorway, their entryway to, to their, their place, and, you know, just using what is on hand. Um, mm-hmm. But also what is important is to take the time to, to learn about your herbs, learn about the nature of them, um, what grows in your area, um, what is, is available that is right now. It's, it's, it's warm outside. I mean, some people and a lot of us can't really quite go outside. Uh, here in Nebraska, they're uh, kind of <laughs> won't go with our government, governor at the moment, but um, we can go out and we can go into parks again and we can look at herbs and pick them up. But the other thing that this is one thing I always, with working in metaphysical shops, and, and I get the idea of, of the saying, you know, go with what you feel. I, okay, I, I, I get that. But at the same time, if you don't really connect with that spirit, if you haven't learned to listen uh, to to that spirit of the plant, to get beyond what your ego or what you hope it would do for you and actually listen to what it will do, it will tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is um, something that um, the spirit of the plant is very important. Um, you know, in in Wicca, which I am not trying to use as my whipping boy here today, 
Right? In Wicca, there's a lot of um, rulemaking, um, and this derives from Northern European rulemaking magical traditions, in which you have to gather the plant under a certain moon, or you have to, you know, it's it's kind of tied in with medieval electional astrology, and there's it, a lot of stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, and likewise, but different, um, in those who come from Santeria, Lukumi, Ifa, Voodoo, Palo, tropical traditions where African slaves were brought to the Caribbean and to also to Brazil, they place a um, primacy on fresh herbs, and they they look down on dried herbs. And yet, when Harry Hyatt interviewed um, 1,600 black root workers in America, he was told in no uncertain terms by one guy that dried herbs have more power in them. And this goes to that whole Native American idea that you are concentrating the herb when you dry it. But that also relies to a certain extent on knowing what that plant was when you picked it. Not so much doing it under ritual circumstances with the golden blade and all that, but mm-hmm. um, but um, that you know what you've got. Now, if you have a trusted supplier and you know that the herbs they're giving you are righteously what they are, it still would behoove you go online look at a picture of that herb look at look at a bunch of pictures you know scroll through the images that google offers you up when you type in that herb and look at the variations and um and you know read about the history of how that herb intersected with humanity because mm. all the herbs in hoodoo are not just herbs that exist they are herbs that have intersected with humanity in one way or another um and um the yeah, Doc Murphy mentions the first Wiccan book of shadows published was Lady Sheba, a Southerner raised in Southern magic, and um, and I will say too that Lady Sheba had been introduced to Hoodoo and she used some Hoodoo spells from books mm-hmm. or styles of working that she had gotten from books that came out of the 30s, and so Wicca in America was influenced by Hoodoo from the get go. Um, But let's just talk for a moment about some substitutions. I'm going to just give a couple, and uh, maybe the rest of us can go around and give a few. So let's just say I wanted to um, have something that was going to be um, used for um, to calm somebody. You know, this is going to be to calm them and give them some um, energy, but yet calm them. I could use ginger, which prevents nausea and uh, is good for motion sickness. You know, I could use hops, which eases anxiety. I could use um, mm, self-heal, which is pretty much good for everything, you know. I could use um, a calendula, which is uh, soothes and relieves soreness. I could use catnip because it relieves upset stomach and reduces anxiety. I could use vandal root because it encourages sleepiness and reduces anxiety, bad though it smells. But which one of those I would choose as a substitute for the other would also depend on how I was using it. So if I was going to use it in a tea, I wouldn't want to pick something that was foul-tasting or toxic. If I was going to use it in a mojo bag, that wouldn't matter as much. If I was going to make it into a bath, I would want to avoid something that causes a lot of skin irritation, kicks off people's allergies. 
So you have to understand how these herbs operate medically before you can swap them in magically. So for me, um, one of my go-tos for for um, easing anxiety just happens to be ginger. I really love it. And I like ginger and hops together. It's really nice. Um, that's just me. It's just one of those things. If I'm going to put such a thing together for somebody, ginger and hops, and I'll put in some a third one, you know, possibly self-heal if there, I believe there's some mental issues to the anxiety. So now let's just go around. Ali, you give a swap that you like and why you like it. Yeah, I use, um, if I can't get a hold of uh, licorice, I replace it with calamus. Uh, calamus is kind of my go-to anyway. And so I do it in a very similar line to what you mentioned, but I organize herbs in my head according to first their purposes and then their related, the sort of uh, family that they're a part of, uh, their actual botanical family, which is related to the sort of medicinal aspect of it. So I think in terms, first and foremost, okay, what am I trying to do? Licorice is about compelling, commanding, controlling, Okay, if I don't have licorice, then I can use calamus. We usually use a lot of calamus on that. So I'm like, okay, I can work with this particular family. So I try to match in terms of intent, and that's what matters, intent. And then I try to match in terms of if, if they're part of a particular botanical family, they usually have some related purpose. And then the third approach is just sort of more energetic, spiritual do they feel the same? Are they, is they, do they speak to the same issue? Um, and that's how I usually do substitutions. And there are a lot that you can do. If you don't have, for example, uh, violet leaves, um, you can work with, with rose petals. Rose petals have a similar healing effect, not to the same strength as violet leaves do. The sort of love but healing component is very much iconically violet leaves. But rose petals can do it as well. You can work with white rose petals and they have a very similar concept. Some of my, for example, baths that involve uh, uncrossing when it comes to love matters or healing when it comes to love matters may include white rose petals. So you can replace, Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that I often use when it comes to replacing. I'll take uh, calamus instead of licorice, white rose petals instead of violet rose petals. And again, these aren't willy-nilly substitutions. They're generally practical. It's like, all right, I've run out of this herb and I can't wait in order for it to arrive when I order it. So I'm going to make a substitution here. Or there's a sort of spiritual reason for why I'm making the shift. And it, again, fits within a particular herbal logic. It's not willy-nilly. It's not just uh, I need to have, you know, exactly 13 number of herbs or I need no, no, no. It's, it's fundamentally about what am I trying to accomplish. Oh, I'm trying to help this person uncross their love life, heal from past hurts. Okay, we're going to work with white rose petals. I've run out of violet leaves. Mhm. Right. Right. So uh, that's a that's a really good way to do it. Organize them by their in, their intended use. So Papa Newt, um, can you uh, say how you do some of your swaps? Uh, I I know that I was working with a client, and 
you know, one of my favorite when it comes to like protection of money is, is working with alfalfa. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has been one of my favorites, especially during some early struggles after I mm. left college and moved to Omaha. But they're just like, well, where do I get that? Well, okay. Well, I make some suggestions and they're in a really small uh, town and, and they didn't know any of it. So I was like, well, you know, do you, do you cook? Do you have time? Mm-hmm. You know, do you, do you have mm-hmm. time? Because it does have that little bit of that that protective element there that is to mm-hmm. help you protect and also to to increase the money too. Um, so work with that. Um, I, there are times because sometimes master roof gets uh, hard to come by sometimes, uh, and I find that sometimes it's just a matter that people need to just clear. You know that what what is weighing them down, weighing down their spirit. It's just a matter of, of you know, cleansing. So why not mm. work with your salt? Or if you are one that happened to, uh, like I, I always keep lemongrass on hand, just even just because I have it in tea sometime, uh, to use that just to wash whatever is on you, to cut that weight off of you so that way you can feel the, the natural power that is yours by divine right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get off gonna, there's something here that that you said, and I want to want to check back to that. You like alfalfa, mm-hmm. but we'll swap in thyme. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I swap in fenugreek because oh, yeah. fenug- fenugreek is mm-hmm. a seed in the alfalfa family. See, oh, but yes, yes. so we each, you know, everybody. I go often by botanical family relationships, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as well as by um, intention. Now, Doc Murphy had a question, and I'm going to throw this back to you, Papa Newt, and then Ollie can take mm-hmm. it, and I'm going to take it. Uh, Doc Murphy said, "Is there any herb you consider irreplaceable?" Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean. Uh, John the Conqueror. <laughs> um, John the Conqueror. I mean, there are yeah. roots that. I was, that about, are, I was exactly going to say the exact mm-hmm. same one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, John the Conqueror, Queen Elizabeth. I mean, those are, are just. I, I mean, for that, especially John the Conqueror and the the stories and lore that surrounds uh, this mm-hmm. root. It's just, uh, yeah, it's irreplaceable. Yeah, I agree with you on that. How about you, Ollie? Yeah, I, John the Conqueror was exactly the route that jumped into my mind, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, people often think of John the Conqueror, and, oh, if I don't have it, I'll just use Master Root. No, 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 no. John the Conqueror right. is not just conquering. It's got an element of luck. There's personal power involved. The kind of deep root and herb lore that's associated with John the Conqueror really does make it sort of one of a kind. Like, you can't if you don't have John the Conqueror root on hand, order it. It's just, it's worth the wait because what what John the Conqueror is capable of doing, the power that it bears to bring. I mean, there's something. I mean, people forget John the Conqueror was used also for blockbusting. It's one of the old blockbuster mm-hmm. formulas. Was John the Conqueror root because it it can break through anything, but it also is an element of of luck. You can use it in personal gambling mojos. Uh, there was an element of, of personal power so that you were victorious in whatever you're doing. In, in many ways, it's, it makes it so unique. There isn't many other. There's a few others, but I would say for me, definitely John the Conqueror. If I'm out of John the Conqueror route, I'll wait. I'll order it. I'll order it. Mm-hmm. I'll wait for it to arrive. Because, and, yeah, it's worth waiting a couple weeks for it because it really can't be substituted for something else. 
Right. I'm going to say, of course, I would go with John the Conqueror for sure. I'm going to throw another one in, which is Devil Shoestring. There is oh, yeah. nothing oh, yeah. that substitutes yeah. for Devil Shoestring. There are so many spells that specifically call for it. It's used for protection and uh, driving off enemies, the law, or whoever's going to harm you. Without Devil yeah. Shoestring, I don't know if you could really do um, some of the, the old school hoodoo root work. And also it's used for luck. But um, Doc Murphy also said, what about when making substitutions because herbs become endangered or unavailable? Right now, I'm going to answer that, Queen Elizabeth root whole is off the market. If you have or sitting on any, keep it precious like gold. I don't want to jack the prices up, but I'm not letting it all go. I'm down to 50 roots. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's just not on the market. There's no reason for it not to be on the market, but China, COVID, Papa Newt, do you have um, whole Queen Elizabeth roots right now? I do. I, I do, actually. Sell them to me, uh, baby. I'll trade them. I'll trade them for anything you need. I mean, I need these. I am desperate. No, seriously, desperate for them. We got chips and pieces. But we don't have the whole roots, and we won't be having them until the next harvest season. I mean, it's gone. There, yeah. It's and we we've, right. we've had this happen once before, about ten years ago. All the Queen Elizabeth roots went away. It was really a pain in the ass. We got them again, but um, there it's just a it's just one of those things. Yes, you can grow Queen Elizabeth root, uh, risen raven in the chat. Um, it's orris root. It's iris roots. That's it. Iris roots, you peel them, dry them for seven years in your attic, it's all good. Um, but, you know, really it's a it's a um, one of those things. But let's talk about endangered um, Adam and Eve root. That was at one time mm-hmm. considered yeah. an absolute essential of hoodoo. You couldn't do a love spell without Adam and Eve root. Every um, African-American root doctor in the South would tell you Adam and Eve root, Adam and Eve root. Sometimes they call it Eve and Adam root. It's a pair of roots joined by a little thread. It's an orchid, a very small orchid that um, the old root dies away and it makes a little adventitious thread root and then it makes another bulb type root. And so these are strung together on a string. When you cut them out of the ground and keep them on the string, it's Adam and Eve. Sometimes they'll have a baby. It's called Adam and Eve and the baby. So that is used for love, but it's an endangered species. It is absolutely forbidden to pick. It's almost extinct in Louisiana. There are versions of it other places, but it's it's endangered all over the world. What are you going to do? Well, Balm of Gilead, two Balm of Gilead buds, these are little poplar buds, and they stick together because they're sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use two Balm of Gilead buds to represent Adam and Eve um, if they're fresh and sticky. And you can use them especially for reconciliation love because balm of Gilead is to soothe, right? But it's not going to be used for hot sex because balm of Gilead is to soothe and for reconciliation. So there are problems. You cannot, There is no substitution for Adam and Eve, and the time of it being sold on the open market is gone, and I don't believe will ever come back unless someone you know, builds one of those half-acre lath structure greenhouses and just starts raising it as an orchid and sacrificing them all because you got to kill the plant to do it. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there are things that will never um, come back, and that's just what it is, you know. Um, but you know, it's it's the same in other cultures. You know, back in, yeah. in the old days in Thailand, every man who was strong had a tiger claw. I mean, Thailand, Vietnam, those tiger claws were sold everywhere. They're not sold no more. You can't have. You know, it's it's 
You can't. There's only 450 Bengal tigers left in the wild. What are you going to do? Take all their toes off? So, um, humanity has made the earth unlivable, and that goes to a whole other issue: why we substitute. Yeah. But if you go too far, and I've said this before, if you go too far, you can just take a stick of wood and write J the C on it with a sharpie and go, this is my new John the Conquer route, right? But it's not John the Conquer route. <laughs> yeah. I hope John the Conquer route stays with us a good long time. Same here. Same here. And there, there is something to be said about, like, there, these traditions are living, right? They're not, they're not, they're not preserved in some ancient text and that that's the only way you can do it, right? Um, there is a sort of living component here. There is a way in which culture experiments and grows, and there's things that are not available, right? Mm -hmm. And things, also Mm -hmm. just things that aren't used as much as they they used to be used back in the day. Um, And so there there are going to be changes, particularly as you rightly noted, as there are environmental changes. Things are going to be different, and sometimes that means that that particular working, we don't use it anymore. But it also means that there, this is a chance for us that if you really have a strong connection to herbs and plants, to listen, what is the substitute, right? So Miss Cat, you mm-hmm. said bombs of Gilead, right? That comes from mm-hmm. an understanding of what you're working with. You have a knowledge right. of the herbs and the materials enough to go, okay, this isn't exactly the same. It doesn't have the same passion, but I can use bombs of Gilead again, right? And so this is this, there are going to be times where something like, heaven forbid, that happens to Queen Elizabeth was right. But people can start to ask the question of well, what is the other root? What is the other spirit that we can call upon here? What is the other ally that we can call upon here to really help us, even it may, if it might not be Queen Elizabeth root? So I think one of the things that if people are asking, how do I get started with uh, substitutions? First, Get knowledgeable about the herbs. Mm-hmm. Actually learn about what they are. And then more importantly, don't learn about them as if they're just a sort of ingredients that you toss together, but build a relationship. Yeah. Start to listen, mm-hmm. to feel herbs. You can tell something by the smell of it, just the smell of a mixture. You go, something's off here. Or you go, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is right. I, this if smells grow, like grow. love to me. <laughs> right? You pick something up and you go, this smells like love to me. You know it, mm-hmm. right? Like you can just feel it. That it starts with that, right? Uh, and there are cell, there are scents that there are scents that you may not like. For instance, someone yep. may say to you, for instance, cubeb berries are great for for sex, and you go, I don't like the smell of cubeb berries. And then you're going to say, but I like the smell of tonka yeah, bean. Yep. And then there you go. That's your substitution. Um, uh, Olivia Fitzgerald asked, is it better to store herbs in glass jars or is it okay to leave it in the bag? No, not in the bag. In the glass, glass jar. jar. Glass Sealed jar. in Tight the glass jar. <laughs> yeah, get yourself a copy of our books, The Black Folder and The Red Folder. You'll find there's a whole section in there about how to preserve herbs and the enemies of, um, of herbal storage. We have a, we've written about it and published it. I believe it's in the red folder. Um, and... Uh, you might want to buy a dehydrator, a quick, simple dehydrator you can buy from um, Amazon or any of the online shops. Dehydrate your own herbs, and um, you can also do um, a vacuum sealing if you wish. Mm. All right. Well, ah, time to take a client. So, boy, what a show this has been. I'm so glad you made it in public. <laughs> Me too. Me let's, too. let's turn this over to... Um, 
Jeremy, and Papa Newt can do a silent critique of Jeremy's announcing skills. (laughs) (laughs) The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Condor Man Ollie. And this week's special guest, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first client, Olivia from New Jersey. Olivia, are you there? Yes. Great. Uh, Olivia. Olivia was uh, recently offered a promotion. She's started training, and she wants to know uh, if – she should train or go to another location or take the promotion but go somewhere else. So what is the best timing? Perhaps uh, should she do it this year, and how can she expedite the process? All right. Hello, Olivia. I've been talking to you in chat. Nice to make your acquaintance here on the air. Um, Yeah. So um, I'd like to ask a couple questions about you first before we do the reading. Um, About how old are you? 26. 26. Oh, well, you're at a crucial moment. And um, and Mm -hmm. because you're about to enter your Saturn return next year. Um, And so we want you to get your button down in a good place before all hell breaks loose next year and the year after. Um, And what sign of the zodiac are you? A Pisces. A Pisces. Well, they can weather oh, the storm better than some. That's it. Very. Yeah. They, they, they're they're cooler with that than some, um, because um, Pisces is a, a generally a cheerful sign. They don't fall into the depths of despair as easily. All right. Well, um, I think what we're going to do is that Ollie is going to do the first reading, Papa Newt will do the second reading, and I will do the root work. Thanks, uh, Miss Cat. What's interesting is uh, when you said Pisces, uh, and the reason I said it's interesting is the very first card I have is the Page of Cups. So I was hmm. literally looking at the little fish in that cup, right as as you said Pisces. Uh, so it, this is, this tells us that we're right. We're picking up on something. So the first card mm-hmm. that we have is the Page of Cups. The Page of Cups is a good. It's good news. It's good news, but it's also news that comes with a lot of mobility, a lot of motion, a lot of sort of moving parts, and also an ability to kind of sort through all the noise, kind of sort through every kind of stuff that's going on and to make the right decision. Uh, Pisces are dreamers, and sometimes they have some difficulties making um, the, the right decision for themselves. They kind of want to do it all. There's, there's a lot going on. And even your question is a very Pisces question, right? You want to train them in the location, take the promotion, but maybe go somewhere else. It's very Pisces. Uh, ruled by Jupiter, but there's a sort of weird lunar quality to, to Pisces, I've always said. And you can definitely see that here. 
but the news is overall good. You should, you know, there is some, there is good things coming from you, but that, those good things are deeply tied with your ability to make changes in your life. So you started training, and that is fantastic. Um, and your question is like, do you want to take the promotion and go elsewhere? The answer to this is yes. You should be moving. Some type of motion is needed here because the next card is the Ten of Cups. The Ten of Cups tells us that you need to take what's being offered to you and then run with it, meaning that you have to actually make some physical motions. So if this involves going to a different location, if this involves going elsewhere, the Ten of Cups will say, yes, do it and do it now. There's some really great working that you can do to in order to support and bolster yourself because this will bring for you both emotional fulfillment and financial success. So there's two components to this that are tied to it. It is interesting that you're asking about a work situation here, and we're getting two cup cards back to back. So the emotional satisfaction that comes with this, the emotional victory that comes with this is going to be as equally important as the financial success as well. So root work that is going to be involved about uh, bathing and cleansing and purifying and drawing with water is going to work really well with you, combined with some form of talismanic work to really ground it. The two will work really well to help assist. Now, the final card that we have here speaks to what's going to come in the future, and that is the emperor. As Ms. Cat rightly noted, you are entering in to your Saturn return. The next few years are going to be about restriction and delay. So I do see that this year is the year you need to make the changes. That might be a little bit tough given the sort of environment that we're all kind of living through, but magic and root can help to assist and facilitate and to make this sort of transition for you and the move for you a lot easier and to bring about the success that is being promised in the cards. After that, that's when you need to sort of hunker down. The Emperor card talks about kind of tending and minding the empire. You've already gotten what you wanted. There's not a lot of growth that comes after it. Afterwards, it's just about maintaining. This is a person who's wearing very luxuriant robes, but they've got armor on underneath, meaning that they are protected, they are guarded, and they're able to kind of control the world around them. So once you've made the decisions that you need to make, once you've kind of made the transitions that you need to make, then you need to hunker down and protect it. Any type of job protection work is going to be really good for you. Spending your time during Saturn return, learning the lessons of Saturn return, which is always about working within your restriction, working within your own limitation, dealing with things like past debt, dealing with things like like, uh, the walls that we run up against. That's what you're going to be focused on going forward. So in order to prepare for that, you want to make the transitions as soon as possible. This year, 2020, is going to be ideal for you to do so. Do the magical work that is required in order to bring it about, and then hunker down and prepare for the next few years, which are going to be tempered by your Saturn return. This is what I see in the cards. I'm going to turn this over to Papa Newt, who's going to do uh, your next reading, and then Miss Cat is going to give you some root work advice. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk with you today. Now, I'm reading with uh, with my uh, Tarot de Marseille, and the Major Arcanas is what I was going to use tonight. Now, it's interesting because when I 
pulled off the uh, the major arcanas, and the first card I put down is actually one of the minors. <laughs> it was the valet of the uh, 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 valet de baton, which is uh, the page of of wands uh, or staffs. Now. I was just like when Ollie was like, "Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, the page card. There's the cup. Well, I got one that is it's in my major, so hey, I'm gonna read it." This is talking about somebody beginning something new. The pages not only bring uh, uh, a message, but it's also they're starting their own journey. And here they have the baton. The baton is that repetition, that work that you have before you, the the training, the studying that you have. Uh, ahead for you. They are looking towards the future, but you do need to just be mindful of the direction you go, because there are opportunities here before you, but the next card is the hanged man that does stand here before us. Now, we all are facing some challenges here in, in the world with the pandemic, and so our, all of our mileages will vary, but we also need to not gets trapped into uh, uh, limiting ourselves to actually see things in a different perspective. I did grab a, a minor, uh, my minor cards just to put down some more information on here, and I got the Five of Swords. This is showing the four swords. They're all kind of curved. They're interlocked with one another, showing kind of a bit of gridlock sometimes with uh, uh, businesses and work. There's sometimes that red tape. But there's this fifth sword that is breaking through this, this gridlock. It's breaking through this bit of stagnation. Uh, there is, this is going to be temporary that I feel from this uh, because we do move into the will of fortune. So it is time to start planning what what movements, what, what places are open to you, or if you do have to maintain some time in the place you currently are, okay, that's fine. Just hunker down, do what you got to do, and then move forward. That way you're, you're not being in a place of stagnation. You're moving forward and getting your life built to where you want it. You're still young. You still uh, have ways to go before the Saturn return and that experience, but go ahead and start building what you want now with this new opportunities that are before you. All right. Well, Olivia, I'm going to give you some root work advice. And um, we had two page cards, which are interesting because those are young people. You're obviously young. Um, and um, there's both of them contain some of this idea that you're going to have to um, – Go as far as you can, as quick as you can, because then there's going to be some kind of a blockage. And with the emperor or the hangman, each one of them shows that there'll be some blockage. So you have to make your your forward run now, okay? And um, when you're in your Saturn return, there's going to be some stoppage. So I'm going to give you some ideas of things to do. We were talking today. Our subject was substituting herbs. So I'm going to give you some herbs that you can use, and um, I hope that someone will write these down as we go. And you don't need all of them. Again, this is about learning how to substitute herbs. So I'd like you to um, consider an herb for um, cleansing and opening your roads. So you might use bone set, also known as thoroughwort or abricamino. You might use um, a, an herb like lemongrass, which is used to clear away negativity and open your roads. And you might use mint, which is very refreshing and opens your road. Pick one of those, whatever one you like, whatever one you can get. That's a, a road opener. And then we're going to pick an herb for success. So I'm going to offer you bay leaf, 
which is um, used for the crown of success. It's a very very uh, good for that. I'm going to offer you sage, which is for wisdom. You're going to need that for your training. And I'm also going to offer you, um, hmm, I'm going to offer you deer's tongue. And that's for eloquence of speech. Again, if you're going through training, you're going to want, these things are going to be for your accomplishment in the training that you undertake. Okay. Then I'm going to offer you, but you're only going to pick one of them, whatever one you like. And then I'm going to offer you a third item. And this is um, to make it be a bath. So this is going to be a mineral. And um, depending on how you feel about it, it could simply be a half a handful of salt. It um, could be, um, some people will do a little blend of salt and sugar. Um, you could also feel, if, if you feel that you have to um, uh, clear things up, you could put in a little cup full of vinegar. And um, you could, that, which is, it's not a mineral, but it's a bath. It's a bath thing. These are bath substrates. You could also put in a very small amount, and I mean a small amount, of ammonia. And ammonia is quite nose twistingly aromatic and is used to really wake you up and go, whoa, what am I doing here? Right? And um, so one of those, um, or again, pick one of the three. Um, some people will also use baking soda in a, in a bath. There's many things you can put in the bath. Rock salt is sometimes used instead of straight-up salt. And Epsom salts can be used to change locations. For instance, um, Epsom salts is used if you want to leave a place and want to go someplace else. So again, you're going to pick one of those minerals. Now you're going to uh, mix those together and put them in hot water and uh, just bring it just lightly to a boil, strain it out, and you're going to make yourself a tea, and um, it'll be strong, and you're going to pull a bath. Now, if you don't have a bathtub, you can just let it cool, go in the shower, and just pour it over yourself. Don't have it be too strong. Um, But if you have a bathtub, it's better. You just get into the bath, and you can stand there and just pour it over yourself in the bath. You don't have to wet your hair. If your hair is done in such a way that you don't want your hair wetted on that particular day, just wash your face and hands on down. You can also, if you're in a hurry and a rush, make some of that tea and freeze it in ice cube trays in your freezer, and anytime you need it, you just take one of those little ice cubes out, pop it into the microwave, and add a little water, and you can um, wash your hands and face. I want you to use this uh, remembering what these herbs are for. One is to open your roads. One is to receive your training and get your intellectual accolades. And the other is for protection of yourself if you're going to stay where you are or to move on if you're going to move somewhere. And you can use this every time you're going to be dealing with these folks. It's really good for Pisces to use baths. I find them very um, helpful for the Piscean person. The other thing I would um, consider doing is if you're going to be working with um, trainers, people who are going to uh, train you, you might want to get a logo of the company that you're working for, the um, training institute, in other words, that they send you someplace to get trained. You want that logo, but you want your company logo. And you're going to write on that logo and cut it out, print it off the Internet, a nice small copy, and you're going to, um, on the back of it, write your wish. If you wish to stay where you are, you can write it in a spiral going inward. 
you know, may I receive my training and my promotion and stay right here where I am and always be here. If you want to move on, you start from the inside out and you write, may I receive my training, may I receive my promotion, and might be transferred to a better place in wherever you want it to be. And that goes outward. That's on the back of their logo. If you want to move to an entirely different co- company, you're going to have to find the logo of the new company <laughs> and start with that. So making that little talisman for you, um, you can set candles on it. Um, it's just a paper talisman, and you can um, light a white candle on it. Light the white candle before you take your bath. If you need to uh, take the bath without a candle, that's fine too. But you can light that candle certainly on the morning that you're going to take any kind of training. If you're going to report there, or if it's going to be all online, just light the candle. If it's going to be some sort of a, a connection like Zoom or Skype where they might see your face, have the candle off to one side where you can see it, but they can't see it. Okay? Those are some ideas on how to work to get the success you want. If you wanted to dress the candle in an oil, I would use Crown of Success oil, obviously, mm-hmm. and King Solomon Wisdom to pass tests. Anybody have anything to add? I think that I don't think so, but go ahead. Bob. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just uh, I was going to talk about uh, Crown of Success oil to you know while you are in training, and even Miss Cat did mention the uh, King Solomon. Uh, make sure that you do anoint yourself. Uh, take a little bit of oil on your finger and crown yourself. Um, I like to just cover my head from the from my head and neck meet up to the third eye, circle around, and then I might go back to the crown area and I might draw a symbol. I might draw a crown on my head as I just say a prayer of success. And, and if you use your hands a lot in this work, make sure that your hands are anointed, especially if you use them a lot uh, on the keyboard or there, if there's tools, make sure that you anoint those tools. Uh, too, so you are successful. That's very good, yeah. Um, and so anoint yourself, too. And you can blend oils. This would be Crown of Success and King Solomon Wisdom. Um, how about you, Ollie? Do you have anything to add? The only thing I was going to say is uh, getting yourself a lucky talisman would be really good here, something that you can carry in your pocket. I think a coin uh, would be great. Uh, anointing the coin with attraction, uh, steady work uh, would be fantastic. You can pray over it and just keep it in a pocket or in your purse. Um, this is this is a great way of sort of grounding all the work and, and, and really kind of helping stabilize it to a certain extent. So just a, a lucky coin. You don't need to do anything particularly fancy, but get a coin that really speaks to you. Uh, anoint it with some attraction oil. Anoint it with some steady work oil pray over it, and keep that. I think this is going to help you, particularly as you enter into your Saturn return, to kind of deal with with all the kind of restrictions that will kind of come your way in the next year. So get yourself one of those lucky coins. Mm -hmm. That's a a really good one. Now, we've been asked in the chat about um, the – Saturn return, and I said, we want to get you buttoned down before that Saturn return. Um, Really, you mentioned a year as being your kind of time limit to get this done. You have a prescience about this. You need to be situated by the time you're 27 because you're going to be having about a year and a half to two years, two and a half years, depends on what Saturn's doing vis-a-vis your natal chart and also how good or how bad Saturn was positioned on your natal chart. 
But it's a rocky road for many people through that time. There can be health problems, car breakdowns, divorces, moving, um, the end of a Ph.D. program that you didn't want to end. There are so many things that happen in that Saturn return, often health. So um, you might want to get yourself a... Um, an astrological reading on where your Saturn was when you were born and see what you need to do to protect. All right, here we go. Back to our network schedule announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our three spell segments with Papa Newt of papanewt.com from Omaha, Nebraska. Take it away, Papa Stoppa, Papa Newt. <laughs> well, Thank you. I just saw here, it said cat. Jeremy will bring on Miss Cat, so yeah. <laughs> it's going to be me. I'm the, I'm the Papa Stoppa, Papa Swappa. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a, a spell that I actually put together for this show um, when I heard that Papa Newt had nails in his tires and blisters on his fingers, <laughs> whatever. Um, it's a little long one, so you bear with me here. This is a trio hand for money, sex, and health. Now, the reason I did a trio hand was because Papa G, who was having this little back chat with me, asked me, where did you refer to a trio hand? I know it's in one of your books. Where is it? And he'd gone through all my books and couldn't find it. And the reason was, it's in the course book for my private students. And there are two different trio hands in the course. So you have to take the course and he did so I I pointed him at page 154 through 157. Now I'm in a vow when I wrote that course I would never reprint parts of the course for the public. So I had to come up with a brand new trio spell. So a trio hand or not not a spell rather trio hand. A trio hand is a a type that I was taught by a man in Oakland. And this involves making three packets. Each packet is for either three parts of one thing, like, for instance, um, um, dating, sex, marriage, or dating, marriage, and sex, or dating, marriage, and having children, or however you want to conceive the three stages of love in your life. Or it could be for three entirely different things. And each of these is made into a little packet, and then they are put into a mojo bag and invariably, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. So it's a trio hand. And there are three psalms that are said. A psalm is said over each one. So um, I taught two of them. that I had. One of them I learned from him and one that I had devised myself in the course. But now i got another one. So this is a trio hand for money, sex, and health. And there's a mnemonic for it. It's minerals for money, seeds for sex, herbs for health. Okay, so you'll remember that. Now, three minerals for money, and you're going to choose three. And what you get, your choices, a good luck coin to attract financial riches, or lodestone grit, not a big old lodestone, no, lodestone grit to draw money to you like a natural magnet, 
magnetic sands to feed and energize the lodestone, pyrite, which is a money-attracting stone, or salt, which is a mineral and is used for protection of your money. So you're going to pick three of them. You're going to recite the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, over those while they're in your hand. This psalm is used for the fulfillment of many desires, but is always popular when your needs fall into the physical and monetary realms of life. You're going to wrap the packet in an old, soft, worn $2 bill. Don't try to use a crisp one. It will, it's just not going to work. Run it through the washing machine. Okay, you want a worn-out $2 bill. And you're going to tie it up with green sewing thread uh, using nine knots. And just tie it like a little package. You know, just go around one way and around the other way, tie nine knots. Put it to one side. Then you're going to have three seeds for sex. And so I've got six of them, six for sex, but you can only pick three. So you can pick um, cumin seeds for fully committed love, coriander seeds for complete love, cubeb berries for the heat of desire, to increase the heat of desire, juniper berries to enhance sensuality and pleasure, three mojo beans for three dreams or wishes to come true, or a tonka bean for your fondest love desires to come true. Pick three seeds, okay? We're going to recite the 45th Psalm. Oh, I put this in wrong, and we're going to have to fix it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I was just copy-pasting. It's, um, it is, I speak of good matters concerning the king. My heart is the pen of a ready writer. Pop that in instead. My, my bad. This psalm is used for the fulfillment. Oh, this is a copy-paste. This 45th Psalm, I was writing up to the minute the music started. I'm sorry, folks. The 45th Psalm is used for... Um, uh, sex and love, and um, it is about the 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 king having a sword girded on his thigh and the queen being all golden within. You get the picture. Uh, we'll fix it in the chat room. Um, then um, this is going to be um, packet is going to be a piece of paper torn from a love letter from your lover or a photo of your lover or just a piece of red tissue paper that you cut in the form of a heart. And you're going to tie that up with red sewing thread tied with nine knots. Okay. Then you're going to set that aside. Then you have three herbs for health. You're going to choose three, and I've given you 21. And I wrote, note that there are hundreds of healing herbs to choose from. For a more complete list, see this amazing book, Who to Urban Root Magic, opens the door to better health. And here's the list. Althea to remove sore throat, heartburn, and intestinal upsets. Angelica for female reproductive organ health. Calendula to relieve mouth and throat soreness and heal rashes. Catnip to soothe stomach upsets and reduce anxiety. Cardamom to lower cholesterol and reduce risk of heart disease. Chamomile, an antioxidant to protect against heart disease and cancer. Elderberry to remediate colds and fevers. It's an antiviral. Feverfew to reduce fevers and prevent migraines. Ginger to prevent nausea and motion sickness. Ginseng for male reproductive organ health. Golden seal to protect against infection. Hops to ease anxiety and assist natural sleep. Mullen to assist breathing and relieve chest congestion and earache. Rose hips to provide vitamin C and help prevent seasonal colds. Sage to reduce coughs and sweating associated with fever or menopause. Samson snake root to ward off viruses and to heal wounds. Self-heal for overall good health from within. Slippery elm to soothe the throat and relieve cough and heartburn. Thyme to relieve colds, lung congestion, and spasmodic cramps. Yarrow 
for the healing of wounds, and willow for the relief of headache and muscular pain. Now, I gave you 21. You get to pick three. Three only. (laughs) Okay. But I could have given you 100. Over this, you're going to recite the 136th Psalm, which is, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. And um, this is um, not a protective psalm against bad health. Rather, it is a song of continuous and uninterrupted blessings. Wrap this packet in a piece of brown paper bag, paper, in the old days before adhesive bandages were invented. Such paper was used to bind up a wound. Remember, Jack fell down and broke his crown, and it was wrapped in vinegar and brown paper. Tie it up with white sewing thread and tied with nine knots. Place the three packets in your red flannel bag or a soft doe skin leather bag, your choice, as you say over them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dress the bag with Hoyt's cologne for money, your favorite perfumer aftershave for love, and good old whiskey for health. Carry it on your person for seven days, touching your skin, and thereafter as you wish. Good luck. Ooh, that's so good. <laughs> love it. Awesome. Well, now we're going to have to bring in Dr. Jeremy, and he's going to have to do some fast talking. <laughs> well, thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali, and thank you, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, for being our special guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special mystery guest will be bringing the topic of how to keep a voodoo radio audience in suspense. Once again, we've come to the end of another <laughs> Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forest Hills, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in the archives via luckymojo.com backslash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Memphis Jug Band Waltz. How did I do? Three. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, I got a real quick question I'm just answering in the back of the uh, chat room. Somebody asked, why whiskey? And I am just said, look it up. Whiskey, water of life, Irish whiskey, African-American whiskey makers. Um, whiskey is used to tincture herbs. Um, well... There's a million questions, and we try to answer them all. And um, I want to thank Papa Newt for making it on the show, at, despite everything. Conjurman yeah. Ali for his calmness, Jeremy for his fast talking, and yeah. it's time to say good night. Good night, all. Good night. <laughs> good night.